What I love about discipline is whether it's the habits or the procrastination, discipline allows you to really experience the things that you want in your life. What does it mean to be disciplined? And how does discipline impact your everyday? In this episode, Pam Evanson joins me as we dive deep into the reasons why discipline and embracing the busyness can enrich your life in ways you don't expect. Creating new habits and routines is hard, but changing your mindset and choosing how you frame discipline can add more happiness and productivity to your life in and outside of the workplace. Let's get into the discussion. I'm Kylie Schmitz. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. Pam's been on the road for, gosh, weeks now. And one of the things about Pam, and if you know her, you know this is true. She's shaking her head at me right now. It's not true. But Pam is extremely disciplined. Given the nature of our job at Lapa 180 as coaches who go visit our clients, it requires a very high level of discipline in order to sustainably be able to do this over the long term. So I knew there was nobody else we could have on this podcast to talk about discipline other than Pam Evanson. Well, that's very sweet, but I don't know that I'd say extremely disciplined. It's a challenge every day, every day. Well, let's dig into it, Pam. When you think about discipline, what is it? What comes to mind? So for me, it does come down to two fundamental things. It, discipline allows me to build new habits, and that's extremely important to me, especially based on what you just said about me being able to do my job at a very high level over time. And then number two, I utilize discipline to avoid procrastination. And I know myself, I will procrastinate. And probably I would tell you the, the discipline has helped that more than anything else. It's prevented that procrastination that I, for years, have played into as a strength of mine, which I just look back on now, and it's a very silly story that I would tell myself. What was the silly story? That I'm good at the last minute. I'm good when I'm up against a really tight deadline, and it was all because I just lack the discipline needed to be able to do the task without it, you know, coming down to a last-minute gut punch because I was underneath a a pretty tight timeline. When you don't procrastinate, how does it feel? I feel a lot more prepared. I feel a lot less stressed. I feel like I owe the people I work with and around day in and day out. I owe them not procrastinating as part of my job. My role and responsibility is to buck procrastination. And I can feel it within myself, my health, my sleep, all these things, you know, again, back to the building habits too, really help me to avoid the procrastination. I have had my own journey with procrastination. And like you told myself a lot of the same things. One of the things that 
well, a few things that I think causes procrastination is one, you're trying to accomplish a task that you don't know how to do. So we put it off. Two, it could be a task we don't want to do, don't enjoy doing. So we put it off. When you think about the things that you were procrastinating in the past, Pam, what do you think some of the reasons why were? So I think for me, procrastination exists because when I've put that time aside, for me, it's more, you know what, I just don't feel like doing this right now. And I don't know why it's so silly, but I do. That's the story I say to myself. I don't feel like it. I know I said I was supposed to be doing my stewardship reports right now, and I put time aside to do those things right now. I don't feel like it. And so for me, it's more the, I don't care that you don't feel like it. This is the time that you set aside for it and buck up. It's time to get the reports done. So I I do, I, and I do, I have these little arguments in my head with myself, which is why the, it, it does, it really comes back to that discipline. And the better I became at, quote, forcing myself, four to five o'clock, this is what you're doing, no questions asked the better and the easier it was when, okay, the next week, four to five o'clock comes around, it wasn't as difficult to engage. So I will tell you, it does get easier, but you've got to stay the course when it comes to discipline. And I find that too, that if I commit to a certain task over a certain amount of time, the minute I stop doing that task, here comes, right, here comes the the discipline moving outside again. So I, th- I think it's important that the discipline piece is there in all kinds of aspects, when it co- at least when it comes to my time management. It's really important. I think in sales or business development, it's easy to procrastinate some of the things that are not necessarily urgent and use urgent tasks as a reason why. I'll give you an example that I see a lot of times. I have client issues that come up and I had my business development time blocked off on my calendar, but I had to resolve this issue. It was timely and urgent. What would you say to those people? So for those of you that have ever sat through my time management sessions, We'll talk about, from time to time, the Dwight Eisenhower matrix. And Dwight Eisenhower is famous for a quote where he says, important tasks are seldom urgent, and the urgent tasks are seldom important. And it's funny because, again, that's back to procrastination. All of a sudden, everything is urgent and everything is important because of my lack of discipline. And the importance and understanding which is truly urgent and which is truly important. So I love that quote. And for any of you that don't have a time management system, a great way to start enhancing that discipline to avoid procrastination is the Eisenhower matrix. It's very easy to follow. It's easy to utilize. And you'll start to see how what Kylie's talking about between important and urgent, you'll see the clear distinction when you start utilizing that matrix. And it's a great kind of beginner's in the baby pool to discipline. What do you think are some of the reasons why people struggle with discipline? I want to do more research on this. I'm sure, I'm sure there is a lot to this, but willpower. And willpower, they say, is the only thing that separates us from animals. 
And it's the ability to resist temptation. And it's the ability to retain impulses. And I don't, for me, I want to try to figure out why some people excel at willpower and others of us like me, in order to be more disciplined, really have to practice that willpower. But I think a lot of it comes down to that willpower. Maybe a topic for another uh, podcast episode, since you've got me intrigued now. (laughs) I think for me, I'll share a quick story because in my mind, when I first came to Lapin 180 and Pam introduced this evil concept of discipline to me, in my mind, it equated to routines. And also in my mind, routines were boring. It's doing the same thing over and over. And for somebody that likes variety, it was boring to me. It was definitely a mental hurdle that I had to get past in order to embrace discipline. And I think another component of discipline is accountability. I think accountability is what reinforces that willpower. And I think too, on top of accountability, it's putting things in place that don't allow you to fall down, don't allow you to not stay disciplined. I think it was Michael Phelps who said, does anybody think I actually enjoy practicing, like prospecting, right? Swimming in a pool is boring for hours and hours. So I have to put things in place to ensure that I do it no matter what. So I think if you think about accountability, it can be not only accountability to making sure I get these things done, but putting things in place to ensure that I follow through. And I think sometimes that's just as important as the accountability. What measures are you putting in place for yourself to ensure you stay disciplined? For me, it's rules. I have to have a lot of rules in place in order for me and structure. So structure is a big component of this for me. One thing that I've learned about myself is that I am a rule follower. So for those of you who have taken the behavioral assessment that we use, there is a score on there that will tell you your affinity to rules. And on the opposite side of the rules side, we've got somebody who likes autonomy and likes to just go where the wind blows you because that makes you feel good and it allows you to be creative and have control over how you spend your time. That's not always conducive to getting things done in a timely, productive manner. And so for me, I recognize that I do really well when I have structure in place. I do really well when I have calendar invites that trigger me to say, okay, now I need to do this. I do really well when I put a process in place. So if I have a prospect meeting, instead of it sneaking up on me and then me going into that prospect meeting, not prepped with questions and how I want to kick off the meeting and an agenda, I have to have a meeting prep time automatically scheduled. So for me, the rule is if I schedule a prospect meeting, I'm also scheduling a 30-minute time block to prep, and I'm also scheduling a 30-minute time block afterwards to follow up on anything I committed to or updating my notes, typing up my notes from the meeting. Because I know CRM is another one I hear a lot of people complain about or push off. And it's essential. It's an essential part of the process. So for me, 
rules is one way that I've learned to embrace discipline. And when you think about it, Pam, you know, what are some of the upsides to being very disciplined? What does it give you? Oh, my goodness. So I say this all the time. There's a book, Discipline Equals Freedom, Jocko. It is freeing. And it's so funny how many of us fight discipline. And I feel like my brain, my body needs it. It needs that ability to not have to overthink what's coming next. And you just, you do, it gives you this complete sense of freedom that, you know what, I did everything I was supposed to do today because I didn't allow myself to be taken off course. And I know that's a lot easier said than done, but I think if we could all just stop running from discipline and embrace it, it does. It gives me just a whole nother level of freedom that I probably would have told you no chance. No, if I get disciplined, no chance. I'll feel like I'm in prison. I'm, you know, I, I'm in a box. I, I can't function properly. And I've been completely wrong about that line of thinking. And I love it. I actually don't like the way it feels when I don't have some level of discipline in everything that I'm doing. And I understand there's a lot of people that are probably listening to this saying, oh, that sounds awful. And I probably would have said the same thing. But what I love about discipline is whether it's the habits or the procrastination, discipline allows you to really experience the things that you want in your life. And I think that's what keeps me disciplined is the fact that I continue to get the things that I want in my life in terms of health, in terms of client needs, in terms of, of anything where if something's important to me, it's not going to happen without a level of discipline. It's just not. And I think when you keep hitting those results, why a lot of people have the goals in place, having that visibility to the goals, and then when you keep achieving those goals, the discipline continues to be reinforced. And if you think about it from a neurological perspective, when you have a task that you know needs to get done and you keep pushing it off, what is your brain doing the whole time? It's thinking about it. And every time you think about that thing that you didn't get done or that you need to do, it drives anxiety and it drives cortisol, which is putting stress into your body. So from a neurological perspective, every time we think about that thing that we need to get done, our body is going into a physiological response as if you are in that state of mind and not doing the task. And that's why I love having something in place that countermeasure. You said for you, it's rule following. For me, I do not like making a commitment and not following through if I've told somebody. So for me, I will, because I, same thing, right? I know I'm going to put this off and I'm going to stress about it all the time. So for me, it's, okay, Kylie, you need to ask to see A, B, C, D by the end of Friday. Okay. I'm going to tell you, you got to ask me for that. That's some of that countermeasures. So to your point, when I'm on the plane and I don't feel like taking out my computer, I'm like, you know what? Kylie is going to ask me to see this on Friday. And if I don't have it, I am going to hate the way that feels. That for me is the stuff now that allows me to push through that. Because you're right. All you're going to do is stress about it. Yeah. And it doesn't feel good. At all. I think what you just mentioned, Pam, is also the accountability layer too that we've mentioned already, but when you make a commitment to somebody else, 
you're adding an extra layer to how you're prioritizing. I don't like for myself being seen as somebody who doesn't follow through with their commitments. So that's a big piece for me is being able to verbalize that to somebody else because I just won't do it. Deadlines. I look at it as a rule in my mind. Deadlines are a rule. You've got to get it done by this time. If you don't have deadlines on the tasks that you continue to skip over, I would suggest just taking a look and and saying, okay, who can I make a promise to that I'm going to have this done? Who can follow up with me to make sure that I've done what I've said I'm going to do? Implement a deadline. Deadlines definitely work for rule followers. Absolutely. (laughs) Of the people that you work with, Pam, what are some of the consequences that you observe with the folks who lack discipline? I think probably one of the biggest consequences is the peaks and valleys. And boy, oh boy, who likes peaks and valleys? So what do you mean by the peaks and valleys? Oh my gosh, these have been the, we ride the highs of this has been the best two months, whether it's I worked out every day and I did really well, or I, I did my prospecting every day. I made my phone calls. I had my event. And then the next month, ugh, and then I got to find the energy to do it all over again. And then the next month, right? Take the cycle as you will, monthly, quarterly, weekly. The cycle just gets a lot harder to stop if we lack that discipline. And I personal experience, it is so hard to get back on the bandwagon. So for me, it's, you know what, once I've experienced the peaks and valleys for just so long, I don't want to do that anymore. So it's definitely the peaks and valleys. I have some great months and then I have not great months. I have a wonderful month and I have a not a wonderful month. And that to me is a, and what we do for our business is not a good thing. I see the exact same thing where we have inconsistent activity, which breeds inconsistent results. Oh, heck yes. And the other piece too, hard things are going to happen to all of us. I say this all the time to my clients. We're always planning for everything to go perfectly. The perfect day, the perfect week, the perfect month, and it's not going to be perfect. And if you don't start instilling a level of discipline that allows you to still do the things you need to do when life isn't going the way it needs to go, it's almost like you take many steps backwards on the resilience scale. And like one of the other benefits for me and just being happier in life is I've really been able to develop my resilience over time. You know, and I'll be the first one to admit that I thought I was a very strong person and I just figured out that, you know what, I just didn't have to deal with a lot of struggles. And then all of a sudden here comes a lot of struggle and everything changed. And so for me, the other piece, the peaks and valleys, but even more so, I just feel like we take steps back when it comes to that resilience if you're not disciplined. I agree with you. And I think if we can stay consistent during the times where we're not faced with challenges, it's going to make it much easier for you to stay consistent during the times where there are challenges. And arguably, when there are challenges, those are the times where you need to have those things continuing, those habits still in place. You think about Oh, gosh, I don't know how many times I've said, oh, I'm going to get really good at meditation. And I go for periods where I'm really good at meditation and I do it every single day. 
And then there are times where I run into a rough patch and I don't meditate. And then it's like, man, my mindset is in a bad place. And arguably, I needed that meditation during the challenging times more so than I did during the other times. And I was talking to a friend earlier this week, and she and I were talking about how we tell ourselves these stories. We tell ourselves that, oh, I meditate. Well, am I currently doing it as a habit every day? (laughs) I was meditating three months ago very consistently. I fell off the horse, (laughs) but I'm still telling myself that I meditate. See? Isn't that funny? (laughs) Somebody asks me what I do for fun. Oh, I meditate. Kylie, you remind me of my favorite story about my husband, Jeff. We were dating and we were trying to, we were starting to figure out our likes and dislikes with each other and what we had in common. And he's like, Hey, you do to just like blow off steam or work out or whatever. And I'm like, I, I just love to run. It's easy. I can go outside. I'm a runner. He says, I'm a runner too. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So we have that in common. That's great. That could be fun. It's like a month later. And I'm like, okay, you had mentioned you're a runner. And I said, maybe we should go for a run. Oh, well, it was in seventh grade. (laughs) So you were a runner in seventh grade. (laughs) You're identifying yourself as a runner and you haven't done a run since the seventh grade. It is really funny for me that you spark that story. And it's true. It's true. And how many times do we say in our heads, oh, I make cold calls. I haven't made a cold call in three months, but I make cold calls. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I prepare for meetings. I prepared for meetings when I was new. Now I'm really experienced and such an expert that I don't need to prep. Yeah. See, that discipline just starts to fall off. And I think it's it's so important for all of us never to forget these fundamental basics that got us where we are today, whether it's health, business, personal, family, relationships, whatever it is, we can't let those things go if truly they make that much of a difference to us. Exactly. And challenge you guys to just think about what are you telling yourselves that you're doing that you may not actually be doing. And start telling yourself stories daily about why you should embrace discipline. Every day I wake up and the first sentence I tell myself is, I like to do hard things. I like to do hard things. And you know, Kylie, I shared that with you a few months ago. That is going to be something now that's part of my routine. When I get up in the morning, I tell myself, I like to do hard things. And it does help to really combat all that other noise that enters into our heads every single day. When I first started getting on board with discipline, when Pam challenged me with this, I started telling myself I embrace discipline. Every day I'd wake up and if there was something I didn't want to do, I would just tell myself I embrace discipline. Discipline is freedom. Discipline gives me relief. I started replacing some negative talk tracks in my head around discipline with some positive, motivating, empowering phrases because what you tell yourself is speaking directly to your subconscious and whatever your subconscious thinks is what's going to drive your behaviors. That's exactly right. What resources can you share with our audience or recommend if we're trying to build this discipline muscle? Definitely 
the book, Discipline Equals Freedom, it really is a good way to start understanding what you do stand to gain if you embrace a little bit more discipline. I think we all have the resource of identifying goals and really laying out, okay, what habits or routines or what has to happen that's not in place now for me to hit these goals. And I think that's an easy resource to tap into is identifying goals and working towards those goals, utilizing a process to do that. One of the things Jeff and I try to do every year, we sit down, we do this on our anniversary because it's on January 2nd, so it's an appropriate time. We write down what are the habits that no longer serve us where we are in our life today and start figuring out how we're going to eliminate those habits. And then what are the habits that we want to create this year that align more with who we want to be as people? And I love that exercise. And I think that's something too that all of us could do every single year. Of course you do. I do. (laughs) I like that too. What is one key takeaway that you can give to our audience or one action item that you can challenge them with? I really like the activation thought. What allows you to move more towards a mentality of discipline than moving further away from it? So your example, my example, everybody's going to have their own, but what is a sentence or two that you can start your day with verbalizing, saying out loud that might allow you to do one or two more things throughout the day that you wouldn't normally have done had you not said that sentence or two to yourself? What about you, Kylie? Oh, man. I I think you hit on it. I think for me, the biggest shift, the first step that I had to take in the process was getting the negative perspective around discipline, me thinking it's boring, me thinking that it suffocates me out of my head. Because during the seasons or months of my life where I've been very disciplined, I have had very little stress. I feel more in control over my schedule. I feel like I have more of an abundance of time. I don't feel like I'm constantly so busy. I feel like I'm tackling all of the priorities that I need to get done at the right time and in the right way. And I'm not letting anything fall through the cracks. You even bring up something interesting. Even I say this all the time right now, I'm probably as busy as I've been, like in terms of responsibilities, things to do, but I'm happier than I've ever been. So I do think we have to start maybe understanding that busy is good. What's our alternative? And then understanding that you can be really busy and really happy at the same time. It just takes a little bit more discipline. And mindset. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of this podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. That's L-A-P-P-I-N 180.com. And there you'll find information on upcoming workshops, different events we're doing throughout the United States, ways to engage with us on social media, as well as a form where you can suggest topics or guests for the podcast. We want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Kylie out. All right. Do we have another episode?